Vinny, Vinny, Amari. We came, we saw, we loved. Welcome to the Partnership Vision Podcast. Where we discuss how to have a relationship full of unity, trust, fun, and fulfillment. We'll be sharing the rewards of preparing yourself for your best partner and being your best for them. Just like we said in the last episode of Love Not Lust, you should pursue your significant other just as if you were dating so not that you're you're pursuing them in sex while you're dating no not that not in that way but what i'm saying is your sex and marriage doesn't have to be lackluster either just like you pursued your significant other in dating and how you wanted to surprise him or her how you wanted to dote on them and make things special and just really just make them happy well apply that to sex and marriage pursue your partner in that way too and grow with each other through every step of life every stage of life grow with them we're always growing we're always learning and that's another thing too is like even if you're seasoned in your marriage and you're listening to this podcast this can still be helpful to you too maybe you've fallen into a kind of a stalemate in in the renewing of your covenant with each other and you just kind of need a refresher a renewing this isn't a age-based podcast episode this is really can go across the board and and if you're looking for something to help you step forward then you just take this seriously and don't don't take it as a oh well that's for newlyweds or that's for you know people really having problems i don't have problems well there's a thing called denial (laughs) as well so you gotta be aware of that too um but that's not to belittle you if you are a seasoned person in your in your marriage but all this to say that if you're looking for guidance then just be open to the revelation yeah it is important for all all married couples i don't care like like Randy said it doesn't matter your age in fact it might be more important if you're more mature the older we tend to get the more we have going on in our life you know you might have kids grandkids you might have a lot of responsibilities you know you've been promoted up in the company at this point you know where you're at in your age um you might and and just not feeling not having as big a sex drive like that can make you just think that you don't really need it and make you think you know it's not really that big of a deal or you're so filled up with all this other stuff but the reality is you need it in your marriage. Your marriage needs it. Like this is something that we were kind of touching on a little bit in previous episodes. And, you know, and so bringing it up clearly, it's necessary here. You, Your marriage needs it. This isn't just about you, you know, oh, let's have a good time. You know, a good time, you know, if you get really lackadaisical, if you get really, you know, kind of into the stereotype, a good time would just be taking a nap on your easy boy <laughs> while you're watching TV and like you know call it a day and you know getting a order in chinese or pizza or something like that not having to do anything and you know that, there's nothing wrong with that if you enjoy that that's that's cool but it's not about you know oh what do i really want to do right now what, what am i really just feeling right now this isn't all about the feels of, of what you're feeling like doing this is about something really that is important you need to renew your covenant you need to keep on renewing your covenant you know one of the ways we do that of course is we can renew our vows you know that's really an awesome thing you know 
major props to that. People can do, you know, sort of renewing marriage ceremonies. And those, those are awesome. Those are great. But even that is not going to make up for not having sex in your marriage. You know, it is its own thing that should be respected. And we need to make it a priority to sexually connect with our spouse. Like, not just because we feel like it, but because it is needed. It is important for us to be one and to be all that we're made to be. And don't be afraid of it, too. If the two of you have been apart from having sex in your marriage for a lengthy amount of time and you agree with all this but you're like well how do i talk to him or her about this because i don't know maybe you don't have that level of communication or a level of comfort with each other maybe through different things over the years but have that uncomfortable talk with your significant other if, if you need to have it. Don't let fear stop you from what should be. I mean, that, that applies to everything in life, and it applies here. Just don't let anxiety and fear rule your marriage. I mean, you let it rule your marriage, you let it rule your life, and where does that get you? So if, if it comes down to having the covenant, the marriage, the relationship in life that your purpose to have and an awkward, potentially awkward conversation that might not actually be as awkward as the buildup to it that you think. Wouldn't the awkward conversation that you think might be awkward be worth it? Yeah, the elephant in the room, you know, needs to be addressed. Like, this is an important issue. This is an important thing. And it's very easy, I think, to get in patterns, get in habits of just, you know, we don't talk about that. We don't get on that subject. We haven't been doing that to where it just becomes really awkward and it feels really like hard to even, you know, discuss. Kind of like an unwritten rule. Yeah, it becomes almost like an unwritten rule, a faux pas on your marriage. And when that happens, we got to break out of the pattern. Like we got to, you know, and this... The weird thing is this can happen even for couples that are used to being really open with each other and are used to talking about this. And, you know, maybe we're very passionate and ignited, you know, all the way up to the point that this starts happening and this becomes a thing. And then you have to just, you have to break the ice again. That's what you have to do. You have to break the ice again. You got to get back into the game together because it's, it's important. You know, this is something that it cannot be neglected without consequences. There are consequences. You will feel the lack of satisfaction. You will feel sort of a a somewhat of a distancing there that shouldn't be there. And there should be a full emotional connectivity. There should be a full, the two being one. And when that is really waning and it, it feels a lot less than it should be, this is one of the major reasons why that happens. You know, when when you're not connecting on a sexual level, when your sexual energies are being diverted away from each other and put into other things, you're just distracting yourself with your work, you're distracting yourself with managing all these other relationships, you're distracting yourself with you know, things that you enjoy that you do find pleasurable. I mean, it could be golf, it could be a TV show, it could be a romance novel, it could be whatever, you know, that you're you're diverting this need out and you're you're outsourcing it to other things that you're not supposed to be doing you're not supposed to be you know finding that joy and that contentment that fulfillment in anyone or anything else other than your spouse your wife your husband they are supposed to be the object of your affection they are supposed to be the one that you are 
delighting in. We're not to look for other things or other people to delight in. It's similar to idolatry. It's like worshiping other gods instead of our God. You know, it's it's not right or it's an abuse of the covenant. And it doesn't have to be blatantly sexual stuff. Again, like we said, to still be putting other things before our marriage, putting other people before our spouse. We have to be aware of those things that are the little foxes that spoil the vineyard, as it said in Solomon. We have to have this singular focus on each other and on our marriage. And this is one of the major ways I think the devil is really good at convincing us and making arguments that it's not important. And also, even going back to that potential awkward conversation note, is that and, and it, the way that it may not be awkward, as you may think, is that maybe there was a misunderstanding that was created by not talking about it at all. And that just kind of built into something that it never has been and never will be as far as what you think in your mind separately. That's another thing is like the, uh, the enemy loves disunity, loves discord. So even if you don't have a verbal or communicative uh, misunderstanding there could be there one lurking in the dark in the depths of your mind that actually isn't a real thing but you're you're making it into a real thing and that makes it real in your marriage and that makes it a thing to avoid so even just the communication and clearing the air is so important even in that in that's on all topics in marriage and in relationship there shouldn't be room allowed for misunderstanding and different things building on top of that as a foundation that's a shaky foundation and a house divided cannot stand by itself and that's what the devil really plays off of if he can get you into arguments if he can get you thinking bad things about each other and looking at other people and everything that we've been saying then he can rip apart your life and just in general because you have so much tied up in it with your marriage and everything that's in it to where tear that apart you're gone what influence what purpose you have that you're trying to live out will be disrupted until it's fixed and just don't allow it to go to ruin what god has made for livelihood and enjoyment and unity and just pure tranquility which goes back to tranquility in your marriage if you want to revisit that episode don't allow what was meant for so much good go for so much bad and and so much suffering and so much misery just i really want you to be aware of that we want you to be really aware of that that everything needs to be out in the open in a marriage you shouldn't have anything that's out of reach or well i better not bring that up or or he he'll get so mad or she'll get so mad and blah 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 blah. no and that should that that's a problem and the fear of rejection. Yeah, and the fear of rejection is not a irreparable issue. It's just an issue that has to be addressed. And maybe it has to be addressed delicately at first because it is a sensitive topic for some people. But it has to be addressed in some sort of fashion. And the timing, pray into it. You know, I pray for God's perfect timing and flow and when you should address that. And... You get an answer, you follow that, everything is just going to fall into place. You just you negate the fear, you give God your fear, and you move forward when that time comes. And you say what he gives you to say, and things will get better. Yeah, I will definitely back that up, that if you are having 
sexual frustration, if there is a disconnect in your marriage and something is not right and you're feeling disconnected and you, you know, maybe by this podcast or just paying attention to how you feel and paying attention to what's going on, maybe you realize the problem is we're not having sex. We're not connecting sexually. Like there's a disconnect here. And then the problem is, well, what the heck do I do about it? You know, like it's such a this is a two-person thing. This is not, you can't fix it by yourself and you can't just impose your will. Okay, well then we're gonna do this. You have to come into agreement together. You know, it's it's a dance. It's something that you have to be joined together in doing it. And so the challenge of that can be, like we said, the facing the awkwardness or facing maybe you're not on the best terms right now with each other or there's other issues at play, you know, and you might be dealing with the fear of rejection of, what if she really doesn't want to have sex with me? What if she doesn't really like me? Or what if he is not really even attracted to me anymore? Or, you know, what if they think I'm being I'm being silly or I'm being, you know, superficial and I just want pleasure and I don't really care about them. You know, I don't really care about getting closer to them. There are many different things that we can assume. We can assume by body language and things that we've seen that they don't really want us. They don't want anything to do with us. And guys, we're not mind readers. And ladies, you're not mind readers either. You don't really know what your spouse wants or doesn't want just because they haven't said something, just because they haven't communicated. And there might be times that you approach them and they just were not in the place for it. And you can't let that become a stigma. And you can't be brought by rejection and by fear of rejection and assumptions to just give up on sexually connecting with each other. You gotta pursue each other. You gotta continue to delight in each other with intentionality, with purpose. It's so important. And I will definitely say like, backing up her point, pray, pray. When you realize what's going on or even when you don't really understand. But if you realize that this is the issue, you know, if you realize this is what's going on here, then Take it to God and just, you know, because he cares. He made you. He cares about every detail. If he knows the numbers of hairs on your head, for Pete's sake, like that's, who knows that? I don't know that about my wife. I don't certainly don't know that about myself. Nobody knows that, you know, but God knows that level of detail about you. He certainly cares about all the other details of your life. And this is actually a very important one. Like this is, this is one we know that the Bible puts a heavy importance on it. And we see that he made us to engage in this and that it's a part of this sacred mystery and even even sex itself even this this renewal of covenant this ritual this act that we do in and of itself is actually a part of the representation of the two being made one it, even that has its place and its symbolism of how god has married us how god loves us how we have been you know married to him and he wants us to become one with him and so it is very important it's a very important thing in demonstrating the truth of jesus's relationship to the bride how he loves the bride how he loves the church and you know don't don't take that any kind of weird way but i'm just saying it's a part of the covenant it's a part of the revelation of god and of his nature and who he is and how he how he relates to us and so you know, all that to just say it's extremely important. And so if you pray and you say, Lord, I don't really know what to do about this because I realize that we're sexually disconnected and we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing and we're not we're not delighting in each other and 
I'm not feeling, we're not feeling the same kind of level. There's not the same kind of passion. There's not the same kind of emotional connection. We're not in the same oneness. You know, things are becoming kind of dull. They're kind of graying out here on us. You know, whatever your descriptive language is, whatever it is that you're really feeling, just take that time and say, I don't know exactly how to fix this. You know, I don't know exactly how to reconnect right now. Like, how do I bring this up? Like, I'm nervous about it. Like, I'm, I'm kind of scared. Like, I'm, I don't know how much he's going to say. I don't know how to even start and bring up this conversation. Or, you know, with him, like, I don't, I don't know what he's going to think, you know, if I just kind of spring this on him out of nowhere or whatever. Just pray and just say, Lord, help me to have the right words and help me to know the right timing and reconnect us. And if there's a wound, if something's been damaged here, heal us. Bring us back to where we're really sexually connecting again, where we're really who we're supposed to be as a couple. And we're not letting ourselves grow dim and we're not losing connection with each other. And, you know, God will reveal himself and he will help you because it does matter to him. It is important. He will bring something up just like he brought that post to Brandy and I, just like he you know, inspired this whole conversation earlier, like he will move and he will get your eyes set back on the same focus together on each other, on your marriage, on delighting in one another. You know, it's not always your job to convince your spouse to, you know, do the right thing by your marriage or do the right thing by you or whatever. Sometimes it's you just need to pray. You just need to invite God and bring God into it and let him speak to him. You don't have to be the Holy Spirit even to your spouse. Like that's an important thing. Like a lot of times we try to be the Holy Spirit. We try to convict people of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And that's not our job. Our job is to walk with God. Our job is to, you know, yes, we do lead each other. We we do walk in submission together, but Going back to the sexual abuse thing, if your spouse was sexually abused, maybe they are touchy about, you know, anything that you kind of bring up to them. They might take it personally. They might take it like there's something wrong with them. You know, you're implying that they have an issue or they might be insecure, like, but I'm not feeling it, you know, because there are things going on that are making them feel that way, you know, so they they can feel insecure and they can feel like there's something wrong with them or you know, you're attacking them or you just want something to take something from them because of what they've experienced before. And you need to have patience and don't try to to fight them over those issues. Don't try to convince them with logic or whatever else that they're wrong about it. Instead, pray and ask God to show them how they should see you and how they should see your marriage and how they should understand sex from his point of view what it's really for what it's really meant to be and just have faith like he will help them you know you love each other you came into this covenant together you will overcome this obstacle and it will not be something that will keep you from loving each other and you know big caveat so this is something that's important this is something that you need to have and you need to put focus on but even if you're not having it Even if this is an area that you have some brokenness in your marriage and things are not as they should be, it is still never an excuse to give up on your partner. It is never an excuse to leave them behind and to stop putting in the effort and to stop doing everything that you need to do to be loving them. Even if they are rejecting you, you need to love them with intentionality and purpose and just cry out to God and give it up to him, not complaining, not tearing them down, 
not speaking curses over their life, but just asking for and pleading for that sincere and heartfelt and warmth of love and connection between the two of you. And he'll answer your prayer. And you you sow good seeds. Show them love. Show them, you know, little tender acts of kindness and compassion. You know, if, if you're a guy, don't be a jerk. <laughs> don't be rough. Don't be harsh. Don't treat her like an object, you know, or what she might personally take or think as an object. You have to understand her love languages. You have to understand what does make her feel loved, make her feel that, that you really do just care about her and do those little things. You know, if, if it's something like buying flowers or it's something like doing doing the dishes for her, or if it's something like just telling her how you really feel about her, telling her what you think of her, writing her a letter, writing her a poem, whatever the love language, whatever the thing is, or just, just being with her, just taking out time and making sure that you are just there and you're paying attention to her and you're present and you're there. You know, you need to make sure that you are putting in that time and that effort to, to tend to her, to nurture her and make her feel loved. And that does come first. You can't just hop into bed and, all right, we're going to do this. Like there's a lot more to it than that. And it's important that everything that surrounds it is going on. And the same thing for women too. Like it can be very hard for a woman to feel that her husband is no longer interested in her, that he's more interested in his job. He's more interested in his sports there can even be that paranoia of what if there's other women? What if there's other things that he's focusing on and, and, you know, and I don't have his heart anymore. Don't get caught up in the fear and don't get to where you're just nagging and you're just attacking and harassing and assuming things in your mind toward him because of that. Instead, act in love, move in love, try to get his heart back by returning his eyes to what was good about your marriage, what was delightful about your relationship. Take the time to really just get his attention and show him what what was so amazing about this in the first place. You know, sometimes you need to seduce your spouse and it's okay to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. They're certainly not going to complain. Just make sure it's from the heart and that it's genuine. Because if it comes off like you're just trying to meet ends to get your result, then that's that's going to affect you badly. Um, but if you're if it's genuine, if it's from the heart, and it's like you said, seduction is all right in this case. Um, and that that's a part of too of what I was kind of saying earlier of you know pursuing your spouse like you did in dating but applying it to sex and marriage is that you know make the seduction and exciting make it enjoyable in whatever way that they might enjoy and even find amusing i mean humor even in some cases in this it's not a bad thing just apply it properly um but but just make sure it is from the heart and it doesn't come off like a bribe yeah and make we- it true we have to choose that intentionality. Like that's where sex can become just a meaningless ritual or it can become just an act of lust is when it's just purely based on either the necessity of, well, this is needed in our marriage, you know, which I think is the much rarer case or the more likely case of just let's have some pleasure. (laughs) Let's have some fun. I want some fun. So we're going to do this or whatever. And you should be doing it with the intentionality of, I want to connect with you. I want 
deeper connection with you. I want to refresh our covenant. You know, it's fine for let's have fun to be a part of it. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Like, and that's a huge, like, you know, kind of best kept secret. It says in Psalms that at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Or at his right hand is Eden. Eden, the Garden of Eden was the Garden of Pleasure. That's what it literally means is pleasure. So God wants us to have pleasure. He wants us to take pleasure in each other and ourselves and him. One of the ways that we are really designed to have pleasure and, and to give pleasure to each other is through sex. And it is an important part of our function as human beings. And it's about more than function. It's about fulfillment. It's about being who we are and and as God designed us and living in fullness. And a huge part of it is that he wants us to delight. He made us delight. He made us to delight in each other, to delight in him, to delight in the things that he's given us to do. And everything is supposed to be delight-driven, really. Everything is really supposed to be filling up with joy constantly, living in thanksgiving constantly, celebration of the good. We overcome evil with good. We don't overcome evil by destroying evil. We overcome evil with good. And so it's the focus on good. So it's the celebration of good. It's setting our minds and our hearts on better things, on the things of God, the things that God has given us that are good and are, are sacred and are, are you know wholesome. And that is sex and marriage. That is a sacred and good and wholesome thing that brings life and energy in, into your marriage, into your covenant. It refreshes and it renews you and renews your, your oneness together. And it will shake out the cobwebs and get you like thinking in different ways and moving in different ways just for your own mind and just for your own soul because we're made to delight in each other. We're made to connect in, in every conceivable way as husband and wife. That's what makes it such a special relationship is every way that you can think to connect, you are supposed to connect together. And even in ways you haven't thought of yet, you're supposed to connect together. The two are one. God designed oneness. He designed covenant. He designed relationship. And he designed it to be enjoyable. He designed it to not just be, ah, I, can, I can deal with it. He designed it to be exciting and compelling and breathtaking there's a reason why sex feels so good there's a reason why it is such a pleasurable thing just in and of itself it's because he wanted us to be highly driven and highly motivated to connect to each other like that and again not just so we can have offspring like that is such a mm -hmm. a bull you know science kind of driven you know legalistic kind of thinking kind of thing that that's all it's about is like all that God cares about is future generations. That sounds like the scientists and aliens and whatnot. Like, yeah, let's, let's experiment with like, can we have future generations of this and that or the other thing? So let's put in them this desire that they need to do it so that we make sure we get more kids and more offspring. So we see how the experiment goes. God's not some mad scientist that's just interested in how he can engineer these future generations, of different things. He, he designed us for joy. He designed us for enjoyment. And that's another thing, too, that I think a lot of people kind of take that verse, you know, go and populate the earth. Go repopulate the earth. Multiply. Multiply. I mean, yeah, the, like at the very beginning, way back when, 
that was a big part. Yeah. It's like, you know, hey, there's no people. Make people. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of important. It's kind of important. And have fun with it. Um, <laughs> um, but that wasn't the only thing. Like, I think a lot of people take it to, to mean that, oh, yeah, this is the thing that it's for. Go, go multiply. And it's like, okay. It's just the biblical command. That's right. it. Right. And, okay, newsflash, the... The world is very populated right now. <laughs> um, and so now, I mean, especially now, it's about what we've been talking about. It's about the connection and the covenant and everything that God has purposed within it. It's not just to multiply. Yeah. And so it's not an excuse either to be like, well, I'm not like trying to have kids right now. So like, you know, th- so it's not really important. No, because that's not what it's about in the first place. I mean, yeah, if you want to have kids, obviously you have to do that. But it's not all about the command to multiply. And the command to multiply anyway wasn't all about sex. It was actually about, it was a euphemism for all of the things that we're actually supposed to be bringing forth into the earth. All the wonderful things God designed us to create, you know, and back to to uh, the book of John, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, we abide in him, we'll bear fruit, you know, and bearing fruit, that's multiplying, you know, so we're multiplying, and it's not just by having kids, mm-hmm. we're multiplying by taking the impact and the things of what God has put in us, taking our talents and making them multiply into more and more and more life and value and we're returning God's investment is what the multiplication was about and actually that is happening by renewing your covenant that is happening by making your marriage what it's supposed to be because it's a return on God's investment he created both of you he created both of you to be together he created you both to to really delight in each other and to become more than what you were before you were together and to birth all kinds of amazing things, not just children, all kinds of amazing things. And children are amazing too. I have nothing against children. But there's so much more that he wants to take from within you and from the two of you coming together and express it out into the world. He has a vision for your marriage. He has a way that you are meant to bring forth the truth and revelation of God and bring an impact upon the earth because the two of you were married. It's not just like, okay, the two were were married and good for them. They lived a happy life. The end. No, because you were married, because you became one together, the world should be impacted. There should be something that has changed has been released there should be something expressed of the image of god through that and we need to tend to this thank you for joining us where the heart is heard partnership vision ministries stay driven by love so you can wreck all the fear You can check us out on Instagram at Partnership Vision Ministries. Or on Facebook on Partnership Vision Ministries page. And even Twitter at PVisionM. Y'all come back now, you hear? 